0: My wife's over there, Ariel, give her a cheer. She picked my outfit tonight, so if you think I look good, you can thank her. When she met me, I did not look good. She was like, you know like when people like see like an old rusty car or an old kitchen? Anybody those mums that sees an old kitchen? They're like, oh, what I could do here. That was my wife when she met me. All the other girls were ignoring me like, a hey, weirdo over there. And my wife was like, I can fix him. <laughs> some of you are like, she hasn't done it yet, but. <clears throat> I'm going to start off tonight's message. See, I'm really excited. I've got a special guest. Got some guests under here. Pretty excited. It's not my kids. <laughs> I, I try to make a habit of not, you know, putting things over the top of my children. <laughs> so, so i grew up in church i grew up in church i went all the time but i grew up in church in the 90s so we didn't have all this awesome Whoa, and running around and jumping it was like we did something called the the pentecostal two-step this is the pentecostal two-step When we praise Jesus, this was the only acceptable way. (laughs) So I grew up in church. I'd go on a... Anybody like a church kid? Anybody like Father Abraham had many sons? Many sons had Father Abraham. Okay, shut up. (laughs) Anybody who's like, I got no idea what you're talking about. Anybody who doesn't know those? Yeah, awesome. Well done. Congratulations. Good work. You missed out, but you probably didn't. So I grew up going to church. Knew it all. My mom always took me to church. My dad, not so much. My dad hadn't been to church, didn't go to church. My mom always took me to church. And so I grew up, going to church, knowing the Pentecostal two-step, all the good stuff. I knew what I was doing. then something happened in my life. Any, like, 11, 12-year-olds in the house? Something happened. (laughs) Big 12-year-old over there. (laughs) Something happened in my life when I was 11, 12. Can anybody guess what it might be? It happens in a lot of families. Happens in a lot of families. <laughs> Basically, my dad stopped coming home. Kind of got really weird because sometimes my dad would be home, sometimes he wouldn't be home, sometimes he'd be home for dinner and then he wouldn't be home when I went to sleep, sometimes he wouldn't be home for dinner and then he would be home. Like it was just so confusing and something started happening in my family and I realized my parents were going through a divorce. See, my mom was being such a faithful woman trying and believing that it was going to be okay. But my dad was in and out. And then one day I was driving, I was walking through my driveway past my dad's car and there was a baby seat in my dad's car. And I was like, I'm the youngest. (laughs) So I waited until dad eventually left. And I was like, mom, what's up with the baby seat in dad's car? And she's like, just didn't realize I was that smart. You see? So obviously I had a little brother, little brother, Andrew. I love him to death. He's awesome absolute champion. Didn't like him very much that day though, because it was the symbol of what was coming up. So in my house, what would happen? My parents just faked it. My dad would come home from work, and we'd have dinner, and we'd sit down, and we'd watch Seinfeld, because, you know, the 90s, remember? I'm sorry. We'd sit down, we'd watch Seinfeld, and then it's become time for me to go to bed. I'd go to bed. I had these mad, like the lounge room was here. And I had these mad slat doors. And be <laughs> And I'd go to bed and I'd lie down in bed. And I swear, my parents didn't understand that slat doors, they're not real doors. Sound goes through quite well. So I'd be lying in bed and they'd start talking. And then it started to get louder. And then it get louder. And then it get louder. And turn out the full-blown screaming, yelling, smashing, slamming doors until eventually, almost every night of my year seven life, there would be a point in the evening when the front door would open and it would slam shut behind. And that was the sound of my father walking out on me again. Going to his other family, going to his younger girlfriend, And every time that happened, I'd start to cry myself to sleep. Because I'd feel abandoned. I'd feel scared about my future. i just lost hope. Because you see, my father was my hero. You see, I loved push bikes, still do. My dad owned a bike shop. Like, perfect. He was my hero. And yet, almost every night, he'd play happy families with me, and then he'd walk out. And here I was every Sunday going to church, doing the Pentecostal two-step, yeah. pretending like everything's all good, but it straight up wasn't, until one night I found myself in my 12-year-old wisdom, praying to God, going, God, what the heck? I come to church, I do all this stuff, I worship you, and my life sucks. What is up with this, God? What is going on here, God. You meant to make it better. You meant to do something here. You meant to be here for me, and you're not. My dad keeps walking out. I cry myself to sleep. Where are you, God? And for the first time, I heard God say something. See what happened? I was outside. The clouds parted. A ray of sunshine came down. No, that's not how it happened. <laughs> it's not how it happens. It was like the best way I can describe it. It was like somebody had a USB, it was just one sentence on it. And God just plugged it into my head because it was a really clear sentence, but it wasn't from me. It was from God. And this sentence just slammed into my head and said, but Tim, you haven't even tried me. You haven't even tried me. And I went, are you serious? I've been going to church my whole life. That's like 12 years. That's forever. And so I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the best Christian ever. I'm going to be like the best. So I went to my mad Pentecostal church and I decided, you know what? Back row, no, 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 no. Middle, no, no, no. Second row, right behind the preachers. Got in there early because, you know, I had to kick Gwen out of a seat. (laughs) She was really angry. (laughs) Right in behind the preachers. And during praise music, I was jumping, clapping, doing the Pentecostal two-step like a boss. Then came the worship music, hands were up, eyes were closed. Only time I opened my eyes is to read the lyrics. Jesus, Jesus. When the preacher was preaching, I was like, amen. Yes. Woo. What is he saying? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying, but I was acting right. If anybody else had a looked at me that night, they would have said, man, that guy, he knows how to be a Christian. And that went on week after week after week and nothing happened. Nothing happened. I'm starting to be like, God, yo. And every night my dad kept playing that same game. Happy families, fight, argue, slam the door. One night I was in bed. Parents were fighting. Dad slammed the door and I was like, Jesus, where are you now? Where are you now? And for the first time in my young life, I felt the presence of God there in my house like never before. It was was like a wind came in to give me a hug. And that night where I'd normally be crying, for some reason I felt joy in my heart. When I'd normally be scared for my future, I had hope, knowing that even though my earthly father may be abandoning me, my heavenly father was never going to leave me, never going to forsake me. When I normally felt abandoned, I felt the most incredible love. I didn't cry myself to sleep that night, and that was the night I knew. That was the night I said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, if this is who you are, if you're the God that comes to me in my brokenness, If you're the God that comes to me to bring me support, if you're the God that comes to me, I'm in. I'll be in this forever. And that was the night I'd say I really started to follow him. And I followed Jesus purely because he wasn't a God that I had to be better for. He wasn't a God that I had to act right for. He wasn't a God that I had to do study for. I didn't do study for anything. Jesus was my saviour who came to me in my brokenness to bring me hope. See, in Matthew four eighteen to 20. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, And his brother Andrew, they were casting nets into the lake as they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and they followed him. You see, in my life, since I experienced who Jesus was, I've done everything I can to make sure other people understand I've had I started off young and stupid. I went to Parramatta High School, fully hectic high. I was a minority at my school. I was a minority at my school, and I was telling talking to one of my Muslim friends about Jesus. Didn't go down so well. Lunchtime ended up being surrounded by about 20 dudes, wanted to fight me and tell me what I said was wrong and that I had to apologize for it. I was stubborn, so I didn't. <laughs> but um Started off unwise, but I've been developing, I've been learning how to tell people about Jesus ever since, because my goal is to fish for men, to fish for people, to save people so that Jesus can do for them, just like he did for me. Now, I got some, my guests here. (laughs) They're like, whoa, who turned on the lights? No. I like fish. They're pretty cute. Whew. Hey. There's going to be some spill. There's too much water in here. I'll pull it away from the hole in the stage. see this fish. I'll get another one. It's all right. Let's clean up some of this. What are you doing? I'm trying to preach a message here. You can't? Hold on. Hold on. Come, come, come back here. Come back. Come back. Come back. Why did you do that? But I'm preaching. Know, but <laughs> you know, do, do you normally jump up and like come up on stage when someone's preaching? <laughs> can I ask you, can I ask you, can I ask you really quickly? Was saving that fish's life awkward? No. It wasn't, why not? Just, it was dying and they know what So it wasn't awkward, was it uncomfortable? Did anybody else think about saving that fish's life? Put your hand up if you're thinking about saving the fish's life. Put your hand up if you're like, die, fishy, die. (laughs) All right, you can grab your seat. You can grab your seat. I'm not going to hurt any more fish, I promise. No, sit down. You see, thanks so much for stepping up, saving that fish. You know, I've preached this message a few times. Someone has always saved the fish. I find it so incredible that someone is always willing to step up, jump on stage, do something that might be a little bit embarrassing, apparently not for Brooke. Might be a little bit awkward, might be a little bit uncomfortable. Someone is always willing to go out of their way, step out of their comfort zone to save a fish. That fish cost me $2 today. $2. The other ones cost more, but that was the cheap one. You know, someone is always willing to step out and save the fish when it's sitting there, flapping around, crying out for help. But you know, I've been in youth ministry for 15 years. And watching people flap around on the ground, crying out for help, is all that I see these days. I'm still in youth work. I do a lot of youth work. I still preach sometimes. But you see, Young people just desperate to fit in, flapping around, desperate for help. Young people feeling lonely, flapping around, desperate for love. Young people with low self-esteem, with fear, with abandonment issues, with anxiety, with depression. Young people struggling to be accepted. All I see in schools, I can't drive past a school. I can't see someone in a school uniform. Without seeing them like a goldfish Just like that goldfish was Flapping around, desperate To get back in that water Your generation Is desperate for something And they're looking for it all over the place One more victory royale That'll do it Take it from someone who's had a few, it doesn't PUBG though Not Fortnite, sorry guys (coughs) Young people, desperate for acceptance, desperate for approval, desperate for a boyfriend, desperate for a girlfriend, desperate for someone to say, hey, you're worthy. All I see is goldfish flapping about. They're desperate for love, desperate for identity, desperate for hope, desperate for joy. Your generation, your friends, your family, your school, They're desperate for Jesus. The only difference is that goldfish knew where it needed to be. Your friends don't. They don't know. They don't know the hope that you've found in Jesus unless you're going to tell them, unless you're going to show them. See, your friends... You know, I'm a big believer that you can change the world. Everybody thinks, oh, it's such a big thing trying to change the world. How do I change the world? But the reality is, the night that Jesus rocked up in my house changed my world. Completely changed my life. And not only did that change my life, I've got two kids now. And that night impacts how I parent them. So that night when Jesus rocked up in my life, he changed three worlds at least. So if you want to change the world, just look at the person sitting next to you in roll call. There's a whole world, an entire world that you can change. You know, we need to be a generation. We need to be a people that steps out. That step, maybe steps into a situation that's a bit awkward. Steps into something that's a bit Uncomfortable but we need someone that's going to step out and be the strong one for your friends. Because I guarantee you're you going to go to school on Monday morning and one of your girlfriends is going to start talking about this boy and I think he might be into me and I'm so excited. And as she talks about that boy, you're going to start to see a goldfish desperate for love, desperate for affection. Boys, one of your friends I don't know. What is he going to start talking about? Fortnite. (laughs) He's going to start talking about Fortnite and how he was so close to his first victory hour. He's desperate for something to conquer, desperate for some identity, desperate for something to label as he is a victor, when really he's a son of God and he doesn't even know it yet. A child of God. The king of kings, the lord of lords. He's a prince. He's an heir to the throne of God. And he's talking about Fortnite. I encourage you in your friendship group, in your schools, in your family, in Blacksland High, Wimmerley High, Springwood High, in Penrith Anglican, in Wycliffe, in St. Paul's, even in your homeschool meetups, there are goldfish there, desperate for something. And Jesus is calling you tonight to be a fisher of men to bring people hope, to bring people love, to bring people a future. Tonight, everybody can just close their eyes real quick. Because the thing is, you can't go out and tell people about the love of Jesus, tell people about the hope that you found in him until you've got it in yourself, until you've received that love. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, Maybe you've come to youth once, maybe you come every week. If you're here tonight and Jesus isn't your savior, Jesus hasn't brought you that joy, that hope. That Jesus hasn't taken away that, taken away that past, taken away that fear. If you're here tonight and you want to say yes to Jesus being your savior, yes to Jesus, bring your, your hope, yes to Jesus. If you're here tonight, as every eye is closed. I just want you to lift your hand and I'll see that hand because I, I want to pray with you. Anybody here tonight needs to say yes to Jesus tonight. Yeah, I see that hand up the back. I see that one down the front. Yeah, that's two hands. Anybody else? Yeah, I see that, that third one. Anybody else tonight that needs Jesus in their life, needs to say yes to Jesus, needs that hope? Yeah, I see that hand over there. Awesome. One last time. One last time. Yeah, I see that one right there. Awesome. If you've raise your hand, I've seen it already, but you can put it down. I see that one on my left. Awesome. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer out loud with me. And don't worry, because the person to the left of you and the person to the right of you, they're going to say it out loud as well because you will not be on your own. And I can't imagine City Youth is a kind of youth ministry that lets people do something by themselves because you're always going to have support here. You're always going to have backup here. You're always going to have someone here. So I repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take that sin. Take that rubbish. Place it with your perfection. Amen. Let's give a massive cheer for those five guys, to lift their hand for Jesus tonight. That was an incredible decision you made tonight. I want to tell you, I am not normally mean to animals. I once accidentally killed a possum and cried in my car. Although it did impress my then almost girlfriend because I rang her up crying because I killed a possum. That's when she decided that I was, you know, kind sensitive guy. So I'm not normally mean to animals like that. They are right now. (laughs) I bought them today. We'll talk later. So (laughs) tonight, we've got a few more minutes and I want to do something powerful tonight because I believe you can rock up at school on Monday and change someone's world. You know, it's so easy it can be so easy. I know young people that every Friday put on their Instagram stories, on their Snapchat stories, hey, if you're keen for someone to hang out, hit me up. I'm going to church. I can let you know. And some of them do that because that's all they're brave enough to do. Other people are just straight up. I know people that go out of their way at lunchtime to find the person sitting by themselves. And they've made some of the closest, most amazing friends because they stepped out I know people that go hunting for Muslims. <laughs> Straight up, they're like, "Man, Muslims—they need to know Jesus. They're following Allah. They're not quite right. They need to know Jesus." And they go hunting. I know. I was talking to one of my, um, one of my old youth boys that grew up in a Muslim home. who was now a Christian, loves Jesus, in a youth leader. I was talking to him last night. I don't have another story of like that. I was just talking to him. <laughs> I was happy, happy times. But tonight, I believe that you could make a commitment to someone tonight. So what I want you to do, I want everybody to close their eyes. Now I want you to imagine you're wearing your school uniform. I know you don't want to imagine that, but just for a second. If you're homeschooled, imagine if you're one of, at one of those get-togethers or maybe you're hanging out with that cousin. I want you to imagine you're walking into your school gate And you're looking around your school. And what you're going to do is you're going to say, Jesus, show me that goldfish. Show me that person that's desperate for your love today. Show me who they are. You're going to walk into your your quadrangle, onto your basketball court, into your, your school hall, wherever it is. And you're just going to see a crowd of people crowd of people a couple of teachers, some of them you don't like too much avoid them it's alright and Jesus is going to start to highlight one person to you one person that that day needs a little extra love, needs a little extra encouragement, needs a kind word that person that just got a haircut and is desperate for someone to notice And I want you to imagine yourself walking up to them and starting a conversation. Maybe it's, hey man, you got lunch today because I got extra. Maybe it's, hey, my shout for meat pies. Maybe it's, man, I don't know what you're doing with that school uniform today, girl, but you're rocking it. Boys, don't say that one. But you're going to say something that's straight from the heart of God, a word of love, a word of encouragement. Is everybody there tonight? You know, in real life, it's that easy as well. It's a bit scary, it's a bit hard, but it's easy. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. So what's going to happen now? The band's going to start to worship. And tonight, as the band starts to sing, If you want to make a commitment tonight to changing someone's world, as the band starts to sing, I want you to stand up and worship him.